When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. We don't get into a lot of mascot talk on the CJ Show. Uh, but we have to acknowledge the newest member of the NHL mascot family, Seaboy, uh, uh, the newest mascot for the Seattle Kraken. It's it's kind of looking like a sea troll. Uh, the Kraken were trying their absolute best to keep the uh, the mascot under wraps. They had all these different videos where I think they had these kids seeking out advice from all these different Seattle legends about what it should look like, and we get a sea troll named. Boy, I know I called it Sea Boy, but I think it's just boy, like a boy out to sea. You don't seem all that impressed, CJ. I'm just happy to welcome a new mascot to the NHL family, my friend. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you don't I, have I, any opinions. You I'm don't always, have any not, thoughts. Not really. You know, I'm always going to be a, I'm an OG fan of SJ Sharkey down there in San Jose. Uh, That's your dog. He's my man. Good dude. Uh, Are you trying to just been, be loyal to him? And I can't, I actually, I should know this, but he's been, I think he might be the only mascot they've had. Like he's been doing it for like 20 plus years. Um, and it's a pretty physically demanding like job. Like he's, he's, he repels from the ceiling sometimes and, and even once got caught up there. So it's not just, uh, it's not just for taking pictures with the children or appearing at community events. I mean, there's, there's some athleticism involved here um so i'm just glad to have another mascot they usually get their their shine at the all-star game there's usually some sort of mascot on ice event and uh you know seattle could have chosen from a lot of different things right they could have went with many things live in the sea so i think that there's a lot of would have been a lot of different brainstorming that that went into to birthing boy into the, the universe but uh welcome aboard um uh, i was gonna make this all about just like NHL mascots and stuff. And then I discovered something uh, while researching yesterday. Uh, the highest paid mascot uh, in the NBA is Rocky the Mountain Lion for the Denver Nuggets, who makes more than 10 times the average pay for professional NBA mascots, which is around 60000 Rocky the Mountain Lion for Denver makes six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year come on is this confirmed this is from the sports business journal okay they seem to know what they're talking about is there is there a reason why that one mascot would make so much more than the others it is not entirely clear at this moment uh i'm not sure we were like we were, we were talking about it a little bit but I don't, it's not aware to me if the person who, because sometimes it's more than one person, or it's just if they own the rights to that character or anything like that. Like that's, 
like $625,000 to be a mascot for a professional team. I mean, what are we even doing here? Well, look, at, first of all, I'm all for people earning their 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 chip, man. So, I'm oh, not, we all about earning chip over here, but I'm, like I'm not, if you I'm were able to make say, over half a billion, I'm not going to say what the number should be that that the mascot should be earning cuz like who am I to say that? But I will say this. How is anyone earning more than the Raptor, man? Have you ever been to a Raptors game? The Raptor uh, is the king. Yeah. Like this guy is doing stunts. He blew out his knee a couple years ago. Like he's crazy good, the Raptor. So, I mean, again, I don't know what the top number should be, but whatever it is, the Raptor should be making it. Um, according to the Sports Business, Sport Business Journal's top five, uh, the Raptor is not in the top five. Rocky the Mountain Lion is first at six twenty-five k. Harry the Hawk makes six hundred thousand. Uh, Benny the Bull for the Chicago Bulls, 400,000. Go the Gorilla for the Phoenix Suns, 200,000. And then Hugo the Hornet for the Charlotte Hornets, 100,000. So uh, it makes you think there should almost be a union for the mascots. <laughs> there should like, be. <laughs> seriously, if you look back in time, like the disclosing salaries for players, you know, really helped uh, you know, drive up salaries at a certain point in time. You know, you wonder if, if maybe they're, they're, they could benefit from. You know, it, it seems like that's a huge discrepancy between what the, the top two guys or two mascots are making to the next, to the next, to the next. And and that's for NBA salaries. We haven't even, like, I can't even find numbers if you want it to be an NHL mascot. So see the boy starting off at the beginning of his tenure. I can't imagine boy is starting off with the most competitive salary. And what, is it, what does someone like Gritty get? Who is actually starting to make TV appearances? It was actually actually made an appearance on the new AB on the new ABC show Abbott Elementary the other day. Uh, uh, UP, which is like a, a, an icon in Montreal. Like, how much money should UP should be? How much money should UP be making? Well, they should all be below SJ Sharkey. I'll tell you that much. So, so SJ Sharkey, like, if it makes if SJ Sharkey makes at least like a hundred thousand dollars, like, I'd be really impressed. Uh, I don't. It's hard to talk about money. Like, I don't know what. Like, you know, if, if we actually want to get like slightly serious here, I mean, the mascot works a lot. Yes. And it's an extension of the organization, right? It's, it's something I think generally geared towards kids, um, you know, but it's, it's sort of getting the, the, the organizations, it's an extension of selling your brand in a, in a sense. And, and so I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put any guardrails on what they should be making. I, I I'm glad to hear that the uh, Denver Nuggets mascots making coin. I just want to see more of the uh, mascots getting into that that price range. It's only fair. It's only fair. Uh, we will be talking more about money uh, with uh, sports interaction and uh, some NHL future bets. Um, we will also be discussing uh, the latest when it comes to Hockey Canada. And today, a uh, big podcast for us because we are going to ask one big question about every NHL team this week. Today, we're going to focus on Eastern Conference teams. Uh, Western Conference teams will come on Thursday. Uh, but today, we are going to ask one big question about each Eastern Conference team. But we're going to do that well on the other side of uh, our sports interaction segment uh, with David Bastel. Uh, he's coming on to hang out with us. Uh, if you are partaking in sports interaction 19 and over 
We ask that you play responsibly, and there will be a link to responsible gaming strategies in the description of the show. Before we get to our one big question segment, uh, we did mention there was an update on the dossier of Hockey Canada we'd like to mention. Uh, Coming out this morning in the Globe and Mail, uh, an article coming out about how Hockey Canada, which was already in trouble for their national equity fund, which uh, was, I believe was also revealed by the Globe and Mail, that they were using that as a way to funnel in funds uh, to cover sexual assault claims and other lawsuits. It looks as if there is a second similar fund called the Participants Legacy Trust Fund, uh, which uh, Globe and Mail is saying that uh, Hockey Canada has also used for those purposes. Uh, This comes uh, just on the eve of uh, Andrea Skinner, uh, the current interim chair, interim president of Hockey Canada, Bob Nicholson, former president, CEO, Michael Brindamore, supposed to be summoned before parliament. Uh, We've heard some reactions from different players about the recent uh, uh, events that have come out uh, with Hockey Canada's handling of the the 2003 and the 2018 sexual assault allegations faced upon them. Uh, It's going to be another busy week when it comes to discussing Hockey Canada. But this latest story from the Globe and Mail, uh, a bit of a bombshell to read this morning. Well, and there's one obvious question. Why wasn't this disclosed at the previous round of parliamentary hearings that were were held, you know, over the summer? And, you know, I'm sure a lot of MPs are, are wondering that. I'm sure that will be brought up Tuesday uh, when there is another round of, of, of questions to be lobbed in the direction of, of decision makers. I mean, unfortunately, it, it's it's a different group of speakers this time around than, than what you had last time. It's not, say, Scott Smith, who's, you know, currently at the head of the organization. So maybe that question won't be entirely resolved or, or answered on Tuesday. But, you know, it, I think that that's my first instinct, Julian, when I see this report is just wondering, you know, why wasn't that disclosed and what else might there be? I think it's fair to to, to think that way. And, you know, quite clearly, uh, we, we haven't reached the bottom of, of this issue in any way, shape or form. Um, and so be interested to see what comes out of Tuesday's session. Yeah, we're going to be uh, hopefully uh keeping watchful eyes on that session on Tuesday. Just again, another very busy week ahead on the matters with Hockey Canada. Um, So yeah, we want to spend a bit of time on that ahead of this segment that we wanted to. uh, It's been been a bit of a work in progress with it. Remember, this was supposed to be, uh, (laughs) this is supposed to be something completely different. This was supposed to be, you know, storylines top three storylines and now it has kind of evolved into one big question surrounding every nhl team and we're going to do eastern conference teams today and then we're going to do western conference teams on thursday just figured just a lot better as opposed to doing 32 teams all at once yeah it would be a lot of material to get through it would be a four-hour podcast if we did 32 teams at one one go um, you know, it's actually a good exercise, though, I think, Julian, to get your mind around the league in some ways. I mean, naturally, there's certain teams you focus on, maybe teams that made a lot of news over the summer, teams, you know, closer to where you live, where you, you hear more of the day-to-day news. But it's actually, it was, was good to work through and be like, oh, yeah, this happened there. And let's, what, what, what's there? And so I've, I've tried to come up with some of the questions are, are actually a, a heart of the matter type of question, I would say, like a really fundamental question for that team. And some of them are a little bit more, you know, not not goofy, but but maybe less important, but but sort of interesting. So I've, I've tried to strike a balance there. It can't all just be about can this team make the playoffs or not? 
would you want to go at it alphabetical order or is it okay if I go division by division? Go division by division just because that's the way I did it uh, mentally. Perfect. Would you rather start with the Metropolitan or the Atlantic Division? Let's go Metro. All right. Uh, I'm going to go off of the order from uh, how teams did last year, uh, top to bottom. Uh, so let's start with the Carolina Hurricanes. What's the big question you have for that? So for me, this this is one of those ones, just as a matter of preamble, that it's it's not necessarily the fundamental question for the team, but it's the biggest question I have for them. And, you know, I'm wondering entering the season if Andrei Svechnikov can take another step. And I would suggest to you the answer to that is probably yes. He's still 22 years old. He had a good season last year, 30 goals, um, a little below a point per game. But when you you sort of step back and look at the Hurricanes year last year, I mean, they, they didn't get enough scoring when it mattered. I think that that was part of, you know, the the impulse to go trade for Max Pacioretty in the offseason. Unfortunately, of course, Pacioretty has since suffered an injury training and is going to miss, you know, about half the regular season. But, you know, I, I think that there is sort of, you know, Carolina has been an, an elite team in the league um, for a couple of years now anyway. Uh, you know, really has all the pieces, I think, to, again, be a, a top team. I mean, they won the Metropolitan Division last year in regular season. But you wonder if the goals are going to be there. And so that's where I look at a guy like Svechnikov, just with, you know, a player I think has a, a huge ceiling. If he can take another step forward, if he can become a little bit more dominant and dynamic in the offensive zone, I, I think that that would go a long way for the hurricanes and, and, you know, having an even better year, but, you know, big picture, I don't really have any concerns about the direction of the team. I, I see no reason to think that they won't be a, a top team again, but you're, you're wondering where can they find a little bit more to, to, you know, to break through, I guess, to, to play three rounds or four rounds in the playoffs uh, to, to be a true Stanley cup contender. And I think, you know, if you look at, a young player that I think could still pop even more than he has, you know, Svechnikov is that guy. Okay. What about the team that beat the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round of the playoffs last year, the New York Rangers? For the Rangers, I want to know, can they improve the process? Because if you look at last year in regular season, their expected goals, uh, their Corsi, all below 50%. And you know, I think that we can look at this roster and, and again, it's hard to pour goals in it. I mean, Igor Shosturkin has clearly emerged as one of the NHL's best goaltenders, uh, was its best goaltender last year in terms of the voting at, at award time uh, for the Vesna Trophy. You know, I love the blue line. Chris Kreider scored 50. You've got Panarin and Zabanajad. You've got the young guys line. I mean, like this, this team, this organization has everything you'd want to see and added Vincent Trocek as well over the summer. But you know, I'm wondering if they can have a style of play that that will lead to more likelihood of even more success than they've had in the past. Because I think that they played with fire a bit at times last season. Maybe we're guilty of relying on their goaltender too much. Again, that's something you can do. Goaltender is part of the team. It's not it's not necessarily that they should automatically lose games because they're they're giving up more shots. But I think that if they're going to take the next step as an organization and truly be a cup contender, you you want to see um, them controlling the games a little bit more. And so that's that's the question I have for them is can they do that or, or do they just rely on this high skill at, at basically offensive positions and in, in net uh, to get by? And, and so, you know, sometimes that, that's what the regular season is about. I don't think there's any question the Rangers are going to be a playoff team. I, I do think they're going to have another good, strong year. But can they take a step forward in how they play? 
um, you know, that's the question I'm looking to see answered or, or not, because I, I think it'll give us a good hint heading into the playoffs, the likelihood of them going on a long run. Next one, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can they hold off father time a little bit more, right? And, you know, this, this is probably an evergreen question for the Penguins. Um, you know, it boggles my mind, Julian. This is the 18th NHL season for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris wow. Lattin. I mean, these guys, they're truly, I mean, I'm not going to say they're at the end. I mean, Malkin's just signed a, a contract extension. You know, Latang's Chris Latang's extension was for five years in the offseason. So obviously they intend to play for a lot longer. But, you know, we are getting down to the point where each season could sort of theoretically be one of the last you see them either as impactful players or players at all in the league. And, you know, I, I like, I like the off season in the sense that it almost felt right that Malkin and Latang are going to have a chance to retire as penguins, you know, pretty cool that you can have three key members of an organization in Crosby, Malkin and Latang, who I, I expect will, will play their whole careers in Pittsburgh. We'll see. Sometimes that changes. Maybe, maybe Sidney Crosby for his last season is going to want to go somewhere else. I mean, it's, it's a little premature to, to get too far down that rabbit hole, but you know, when it comes to this season, you know, the, those players are still so important in terms of the salary cap that they eat up in terms of what they mean to the team. And can they, can they produce, can they extend this, this playoff streak, which is already at 16 seasons and counting for Pittsburgh, which is pretty remarkable in, in a hard salary cap league, like the NHL has been during that time. And, you know, if, if they, they stay healthy and they're still productive, I think the odds are pretty good. Uh, if, if father time gets its teeth into that, that team, I think it's going to be tough, even with guys like Jake Gensel and Brian Rust and other players that have become really good secondary players for them. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to, to carry the the organization forward if, if Crosby, Malkin, and Latang are, aren't still key parts of the of what they're doing. Father Time, we have to remember, is undefeated. They have to keep that in mind for a lot of these different teams. I wonder if you have to think about that as well for the Washington Capitals as well. Yeah, I mean, if I was copying my own homework, I could just ask the same question. Uh, instead, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pivot in a different direction, right? And you know, when you look at Washington's offseason, the biggest move to me was was bringing in Darcy Kemper, and so I, I wonder what can Darcy Kemper bring to this group? Because you know, last year the goaltending was a huge issue uh, for the Capitals, and it felt like they were bouncing between Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, and they could never find an answer. Like it just felt like they would try one for a stretch, they try the other. And they never got to where they wanted to get to. And so I wonder, you know, can Darcy Kemper off his, his cup year with Colorado stabilize that position, you know, maybe have that team win some games a different way, especially early in the year, right? I mean, Nicholas Backstrom is out, you know, long, long term, um, but they're also starting the season without Tom Wilson. So those are two of their best forwards and obviously two players that have been a part of the, that team's success. And so it's not just father time. It's, it's can that, that signing that they made, be impactful. You know, they also brought in Dylan Strom to, to try to, to, you know, keep things stable down the middle. But, you know, I, I just wonder if Kemper can be a difference maker for them. If, if he can, maybe we're, we're talking about them extending a playoff streak, but you know, it's far from a certainty in my eyes as we enter the season that the Capitals are going to be back in the postseason, and, and so there's going to be a lot of pressure put on the, on the goaltender. The New York Islanders are next. Was last year an anomaly? You know, that's, that's my question for the Islanders. Like, was that just a season after two, you know, appearances in the Eastern Conference final where everything went wrong, where they started, you know, by playing a month of road games because their, their arena wasn't ready. They were one of the teams really hit big by COVID early in the season that, you know, they, they had a lot of things that 
I guess you could say, oh, this is just a crazy year and, and that was a write-off? Or is it just a sign that that the Islanders have, have bled a little bit too much talent? Because, you know, I think a lot of people looked at that organization, looked at Lou Lamorello over the summer and said, you know, you need a bold move. You need to go out and get an Aslam Kadri or, or try to make that trade for Johnny Goodrow or, or you know, or rather, sorry, sign Goodrow in, in free agency, you know, get involved in the Kachuk thing. I mean, I, I think that people are looking for an impactful, especially at forward move, and it just didn't come. There, there really was no sizzle to the Islanders offseason. And so I can't watch that and then not come up with a more pressing question than, does that just mean last year was like this crazy year where everything conspired against them and they're going to get back to being a team that sort of is better than the sum of its parts? Or are they just uh, on, on their way downhill and, and free-falling? And, and, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get an answer early in the year from, from the team. I, I think that a good start is, is imperative for them with just the way last season just felt like it was lost before it even began. So, you know, that, that's, that's my thought heading into Islanders training uh, regular season, and I don't have the answer yet. That's why we play the games. That's why we play the games. Uh, let's go to Johnny Hockey's uh, new city, Columbus. What do you think about the Blue Jackets? Well, the question has to be around Johnny Hockey, right? I mean, that was such a surprising move in, in a sense that the day he signed with Columbus. You know, I'm wondering what kind of magic he can make with Patrick Laine. And, you know, it looks like they're going to start on, on the top line together with the Blue Jackets. You know, would expect they'll spend a lot of power play time on the ice together. And, and when you have such a gifted playmaker and, and someone so known for a shot as Line is, you know, you, I, I, you can see on paper why that makes a lot of sense. Now let's see what happens in reality. And, and, you know, I think Columbus still has some strides to make, you know, they're, they're weak down the middle compared to a lot of teams they're competing against. You know, I think Boone Jenner will probably be their top line center to start the year. Um, and so, you know, I, I, there's going to be a lot of offensive pressure in my mind, on Goudreau and Line a to to produce for them and and you know maybe they can make some magic together so that's that's what I'm most curious about seeing with Columbus and and you know really focusing on Goudreau in particular too though because he he made kind of a bold decision you might call it in the offseason and and you know there's there's a certain level of expectation even though he's sure he's moved out of a Canadian hockey market but there's still going to be a lot of eyes on what he does in his new home and and you know clearly the Blue Jackets are expecting a lot of him with the contract they gave him. Let's go to the New Jersey Devils. Can New Jersey get a save, my man? Because Oof. I'll tell you, the New Jersey, to me, they're the team I've sort of identified as a sleeper team for, for me entering the season. Like, I could see them, for example, if Washington falls back and if the Islanders are just sort of in that man zone, I could see New Jersey climbing up and, and making the playoffs this year. And when you look at them last year, to me, they're a team that actually produced fairly average results but they had the worst team save percentage in the entire NHL. And look, there's no guarantee that's going to be improved. And, you know, in one breath, I'm talking about the capital struggles and net. Well, who did they go and, and get in the offseason? <laughs> they went and got Vitek Vanacek. So, you know, maybe they're going to find similar problems with him that, that the Capitals had or not. I mean, as we know, the goaltending position, um, you know, can be so unpredictable. They also have Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. Um, but I, I just see New Jersey as a team on the rise in a lot of ways. You know, Jack Hughes looks like a guy ready to pop even more than he did last year. And he had a great season last year. Obviously, he was interrupted by an injury. You know, I, I think that they have a, a strong blue line. Um, maybe not enough difference makers up front, but, you know, they, they got Andre Pilat uh, in the offseason. I, I think the Devers are going to be a tough team this year. But, you know, to me, it's going to come down to if they get enough saves to allow some of their strong team play to come through. And so that's that's the question I'll be asking. And and as I say, I, I'm I'm not 
presupposing the answer, but I do think that they are a team poised to take a big step this season from where they've been and maybe one that'll surprise a few people that aren't as high on them as I am. I can't wait to know what question you have for the Philadelphia Flyers as we round up the Metro. Is John Tortorella's head going to explode? <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to I, I mean, say you yes. Almost, you almost have to have some fun with this one because, you know, not to make light of the Flyers situation, they've had a, a really tough run of injuries, you know, going back to last year. They're starting another season now with Sean Couturier's status very much in question. You know, there was some thought he might need another back surgery. The second opinion revealed that he might not, but he's still, you know, week to week, they're calling it. And, and who knows if that becomes months. I mean, unfortunately, Sean Couturier, a dominant two-way forward in, in the league, it just, you know, reached a really tough, debilitating injury. And, and, you know, it's just hard to see Philadelphia getting on without him. Now, if there's one thing Tortorella has done well in his career, and I, and I look back at his Columbus days as, as obvious of this, I think he does it generally as a coach, has been a coach that's, that's been able to pull – a little bit more out of a team that you're overlooking. And so maybe he can get them to, to tighten up defensively and win some two, one games. But, you know, I think that, that it's going to be a stressful year in Philadelphia. You know, he's already made comments, you know, entering the season about concerns about the dressing room. Um, I, I think that it's, it's sort of a get your popcorn ready kind of situation um, because there, there's the possibility of fireworks. And I just don't see a team that's, built out success, especially with, unfortunately with the, the bad run of health they've had. I mean, this just looks like a different team with Sean Couturier playing minutes and we don't know if he's going to play, you know, Ryan Ellis only played a handful of games last season and, you know, basically don't expect him to be back on the ice. And so, you know, I, I think it's going to be a rocky year in Philadelphia and they have a pretty flammable coach uh, who might make it interesting if it doesn't go the way he wants it to. I'm still counting on some kind of John Tortorella gritty encounter before it's all said and done. I want it. Uh, let's go to the Atlantic Division. Uh, we start mascots in this episode. I love it. Yeah, kind of weird. We don't have to focus too much longer on mascots. Uh, what about the Florida Panthers, the reigning Presidents Trophy winners? My question is, what can their mascot do to help them improve on last season? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Kachuk looks like in Panthers colors. I mean, this is a, a big change they had in the offseason, right? They scored a ton of goals last year. They were the President's Trophy winners. I, I know it, it went south and went south in a hurry in the second round against Tampa. Um, but, you know, this is a team that made some pretty big changes after that kind of year. And so, you know, there's a lot of heat to my eyes on, on Kachuk. I don't think it's just down to how many points does he score. I mean, I, I think that when you make the trade that they made, they're doing it to, to almost have a, an attitude shift to have, you know, someone who plays a certain style, you know, Jonathan Huberto had a magnificent season last year, but you're not looking at him to finish checks or, or, you know, bring some snarl to the game. I think the way you want from Matthew Kachuk, but you know, I think it's, it's a pretty big risk from Bill Zito and, and the Panthers front office. Now that's, it's a front office that's shown itself. That's I think that they're more risk averse than a lot of teams. It's really proven to be their benefit, but you know, entering the season, it looks like they're going to have players like Rudolph Balsers, Colin White uh, in the top six, potentially Carter Verhage back there. You know, he's been a great story the way his career has risen. But, you know, it's not a team full of sure things as great as last year was. And so how does it work with Matthew Kachuk? Did they actually get better? Um, you know, probably not a question we're going to get an answer to until the playoffs, because I think it's a it's, it's a playoff motivated move. Um, but we're going to see in the regular season. You know, there's not a lot of ways to improve on the year they had last year, but I guess the question is how much of a, a fallback 
as a regular season team are they going to have? Because I, I, I just don't see them as being better, um, but they may be better suited for the playoffs. And that's, that's obviously the thinking that went into the, the decisions made. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Now there's an obvious one that's sitting in front of us. And so I don't want to go too obvious because we've talked about the, the, the guys who stopped the puck for that team already. You know, my question for them, and it's, it, look, it's entirely immaterial, probably in the big scheme of things. But I want to know if Austin Matthews can chase 50 goals in 50 games. And okay. the, reason I, the reason I ask that question is, I mean, it's clear that he can. He scored 51 goals in a 50-game stretch during last season. But, you know, only five players in history have ever scored 50 goals in their team's first 50 games to start the year. I mean, it, that's, that's the sort of the traditional measure of that achievement. And the guys that have done it are the absolute legends of the sport. You're talking Maurice Richard, Mike Bossy, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, and Brett Hall. I mean, some of the greatest goal scorers that have ever played the game. And it's it's clear to me that Matthews can at least have some thought that he's in that conversation after a 60-goal season. And so I get it. We're all going to – like, we're going to decide what are the Leafs – again, they're a team we've got to wait until the playoffs, I think, before we really are getting down to the heart of the matter. Did they get better? I know we can focus on the goaltending, but I think it'd be pretty cool if, if Matthews could give that a run. You know, Ovechkin was semi-close in the past, but he never truly gave it a run. I wonder if healthy Austin Matthews to start the season can can make that happen and, you know, give us something to focus on that isn't uh, involve a goaltender or what happens, you know, once they get to mid-April because, look, at there's 82 games to be played between then and now. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Do they have any juice left? You know, like... I, I almost look at the lightning and it's like, I, I don't really have any concerns about them. I still think that they're the team that's won two of the last three Stanley cups and got to game six of the third Stanley cup played in that three-year run. Um, so I, I, I don't think that they're, I'm not forecasting a deep fall. I don't think that there's one acquisition or one loss. That's going to tell the story of, you know, are they going to be better or worse? I, I really think it's just like, what do they have left as a, as a group, as a team? Do they, have that push still? Did, did that loss to Colorado in the final, is it going to be a source of motivation? Did they feel like it was their Stanley Cup and they had to go watch another team parade it around their rink, um, you know, back in, in June? And so, you know, that that to me is sort of the, the question for the Lightning because there's no reason to think they won't be a great team again. There's there's It would take something very unexpected to have them in danger of missing the playoffs for me, even as strong as the Atlantic Division is. And so... You know, I want to just see what they what they have left um, emotionally, physically, and all those things because no team has played anywhere near as many games as they have uh, since the the COVID pause hit in March 2020. The Boston Bruins. I can't ignore the obvious in this one. I've tried to to get cute with some other ones, but I mean, how much is missing Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy going to hurt this team? You know, that's the question for me with Boston. I actually like their off season. Like I think. Pavel Zaka is a nice acquisition for them. Um, you know, bringing back David Krejci, you know, there's, there's an unknown there. He spent last year in the Czech Republic, he's what, 36, 37 years old. So he's, he's certainly, there's some, some risk with a player like that, but I, I, I think Boston's still going to be a good team. I, I just don't know how to quantify what it's like missing, you know, a top line winger on your team in, in Marchand and, and your best defenseman for a period of time with those players recovering from, from off season surgeries to start the year. And, and, you know, you, you mix in a new coach with Jim Montgomery. It's just, there's just some uncertainty about how everyone will adapt to that situation. Um, but I still think the pieces are there for the Bruins to, 
to, to be a good team. It is sort of a last dance kind of field of this season. You know, Patrice Bergeron took a long time to decide to about his future. And then he signed a one-year deal. You bring back Krejci. You're in the last season of David Pasternak's contract, at least as we're recording now. I know there've been discussions with Bruins management about an extension for him, but you know, right now it's lining up that the, the what's left of the core of, of, you know, the last team that played in the Stanley cup final in 2019 with this team. Um, this is their, their last shot at it. So can they overcome those injuries? And, and if so, maybe they can, can write a nice final chapter. By the way, Taylor Hall also on that injury list, he could be weak to he's week to week with an injury, I believe. Not good. Nope. Not good at all. Oh, the Buffalo Sabres are the next team. I want to know what the Sabres, how ready Owen Power is to, to make a mark against NHL players. And, you know, I don't think there's any reason to question or doubt that he's going to be an impactful defenseman in the league, but is it going to happen in November or is it, are we going to have to wait a couple seasons? And, you know, this is sort of a rare, at least in recent times, first overall pick from 2021 that didn't jump right into the league last year. He went back and had another season at the university of Michigan, but he's played a lot of, of, top level hockey. I mean, he's won a gold medal already at the men's world hockey championship with team Canada played at the world junior. He played at the Olympics. Uh, I know it wasn't NHL best on best, but obviously he's facing professionals in that case. And he's a big, strong guy. And so physically you have to think he's ready to make a difference. Um, and I, I think ultimately that's, that's interesting just about the individual because he's a first overall pick, but it's, it's, you know, crucial to Buffalo because, you know, to me, they were a team that, really took a step last year. And so if they can add, say, someone who can play on their second pairing and, and make a difference as, as Owen Power, I think ultimately will almost certainly. But if he can do that right away, I mean, that's that's a huge bonus to their, their, their program. It could put them in a position, in my eyes, to challenge for a playoff spot, especially if a team like Boston stumbles. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be an interesting year for the Sabres overall. And to me, there's no more interesting player than the the – the former number one overall selection from 2021 is going to get his first taste of NHL action. The Detroit Red Wings. Can they have a second scoring line? You know, when I, when I look at Detroit, that's been a big question for them. I mean, they've had Tyler Bertuzzi and, and Dylan Larkin and, and, you know, players that, that could put up decent offensive numbers, but they really, it, it fell, it, it went sideways pretty quickly if you went further down the lineup than their top line at any given moment. And so, you know, I think that informed the, the decisions they made in the offseason. You know, they signed Andrew Kopp to a big deal. They bring in David Perron off a, a great season in St. Louis. I mean, to me, that's done to try to have some sort of secondary scoring beyond their, their top offensive guys. And if they can, you know, I, I think that they're in a position to certainly make a, a climb up the standings from where they've been. But if those signings don't pay off, and unfortunately, Andrew Kopp's been out injured here during training camp, um, you know, David Perron's just at an age. There's there's no guarantees, no guarantees for any player, but, you know, maybe there's a fall off for him, although he's just been so steady. I mean, um, you know, I actually like the signing on, on a short-term deal that Detroit gave him. So, you know, if if that happens, I think the, the Red Wings become a deeper, more dangerous team, but I still see ultimately some some time needed with this group um, to, to, you know, get them to a point where we're talking about them being a, a difference or power in the division or all that sort of things. I mean, I think they're moving in the right direction, but if, if they can have that second scoring line, they're going to be a much tougher team to play against this year. The Ottawa Senators. Can they handle the expectations, man? Like this is, and, and I know we talked about it a little bit in the, in the segment with, with David Bastel, but I mean, there's so much hype around this team and I think it's great. Like, like I'm not, 
hating on any fan for being excited about their team. And, and when you have an organization like the Senators that have sort of been notoriously cheap that let Eric Carlson and Mark Stone go and, and, you know, and you finally get now these players, the younger guys that have come next coming up and they're getting big contracts and they're bringing Claude Giroux and making deals. Like I get the excitement, but the, I think the reality here is they have, they were 27 points behind the last playoff spot last year. Like that's, that's like five football fields worth of like making up ground. Like, I, I don't know that they've done enough to do that. I think there's should be very real concerns about their blue line. They have Travis Hamanick, uh, Nikita Zaitsev among their top six as we're recording this now. I know management wants to make some changes there and maybe try to bolster that group, but it hasn't happened to this point. And so I'm just wondering if they can handle the weight of this, this expectations that they're all of a sudden going to be a much watched team, a team that's going to um, make big strides. And so, you know, I think it'll be an interesting season to watch play out in Ottawa, but you know, there's a reason why, look, they're the last team you're asking or second last team they're asking about because they were second last in the Atlantic division last year. I just, I have a hard time imagining the scenario where they, they actually live up to the hype around them just because they have so far to climb. Last one for you, the Montreal Canadiens. For me, it's what kind of magic can Marty St. Louis weave in, in his first full season as head coach. And, you know, you might think that's a weird way to look at it because we know the goal isn't to win a ton of games in Montreal, but I, I don't think there's another coach in the league like San Louis. And, and it, it's purely just because of the experiences he's had as a player, right? He, he was the rare player that was both a healthy scratch at, at a point in his career who had to, you know, enter the league on tryouts uh, with teams who were cut from those tryouts. He had one with the Ottawa senators that people might not even realize. And, and he was cut from that tryout before he ultimately had his first steps in the NHL with Calgary. And then he won a Hart Trophy and he won the Hart Ross Trophy as, as a league scoring leader. I mean, he he had the gamut as a player. Then he was coaching teenagers after retiring from the NHL. And then all of a sudden he was behind the Canadians bench. And I, I think when you hear the way he describes how he wants his players to play, the way he treats his players, the connection he has with guys, I think he has a certain emotional intelligence and understanding of what, you know, the, the player that's his 13th forward is going through. And obviously what, you know, say Cole Caulfield or, or Yuri Slavkovsky you know, what some of the younger star players are going through. And, and I think he he's a compelling figure to watch in this league this year. You know, he had a great quote last week, Julian. I don't know if you saw it about, you know, wanting to see the ceiling of players. He said, we're not worried about the floor of our, our young guys, especially like we'll fix the floor, like show us the ceiling, go out and make plays, attack the game, right? I, that wasn't his exact quote, but that's how I'm interpreting what he's saying. And I just think he's it's a unique experiment with him as a head coach. Uh, and, and I actually believe that he might be a difference maker. I mean, it's no coincidence. Cole Caulfield had what? 35 points, I think in 37 games to finish last season after that coaching change. Really so, good last year. Build the net. And, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that the faith and what happened from his head coach was, was part of that. I mean, the, a lot was expected of Cole Caulfield last season and he was snake bitten for half a year and then he, he caught fire. And so I, I, well, I don't think the Canadians are, are going to make some miracle run towards the playoffs or anything like that. Obviously they have some veteran guys that I think will be sold at the trade deadline, you know, for more future pieces. I, I still think for me, the biggest question is what can Marty St. Louis get out of this roster and maybe some of the individual players he's going to work with because he's a, he's a unique coach and, and we only saw it for what a couple months last year. Now this is a, this is a full year where he's, he's getting his fingerprints on him in training camp and the early going and, and right into the season. A really interesting story in Montreal. Really interesting stories across the Eastern Conference. And on Thursday, we will tackle the Western Conference teams and ask them one big question. Siege, we got time for a couple uh, Ask CJ questions? 
We do. How did I do on the on the questions? Was that okay? Was that the? I really the enjoyed it. They were really good. I really enjoyed it quite. I thought you were going to be more joking with with more of these, uh, but you actually asked some really pertinent questions for each of those NHL teams. I really enjoyed. it. Yeah, it's really just trying to raise a thought about each team, right? Or about something that could happen. Um, it, it's 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 a fun exercise, and honestly, it's it's actually helpful for me to get and get my mind around what's going on in the league. So I'm looking forward to doing the Western Conference in a couple of days. Let's do uh, the questions for Ask CJ from Insider J Money. Hello, my sweethearts. Now that Julian is a full-fledged team reporter, CJ, which press box arena city should Julian be looking forward to visiting the most? A top three. How about I? How about I attack it a little differently? Sure. I'm gonna. I'll give you the press box that you should most be looking forward to, the arena you should most be looking for, and the city. All right. Cool. Which is maybe like not it. the exact spirit of the question, but this is still pretty cool, though. I think the press box you should most be looking for is looking forward to is Madison Square Garden. Mm. Uh, they they rebid, redid the press box there as part of the, the wider arena upgrades they did in the last, I'm going to say, five, six, seven years. It is got to be one of the best viewing angles. It gets very close to the ice. They actually have TVs. It, it's it's a glass countertop that you work on with TVs in there. You can plug in and hear the commentary. Just a lot of little interesting things that you don't get in every building. And again, just it's a it's such a cool arena, great vibe in there, and you're it just feels like you're right on top of the ice. So that's that's a like a specific press box I love. I, I think there's, there's all kinds of ways to take um, arena. There's there's so many great rinks and atmospheres in this league. But for me, I still love going to Vegas, man. And it's it's nothing to do with what you can do in the off work hours. That building rocks. Like T-Mobile Arena, it's like going to a nightclub and a hockey game breaks out. And and I think you'll have uh, some fun when you go there when you're not working. But when you when you go to the game, like it's just hard not to be excited. Uh, and they've really done a nice job uh, with their in game experience. I think they just won another award for having the best in game experience. So I, I think Vegas should be the city or the arena you're most looking forward to. And the city, I mean, I, I don't know where you've all traveled in your life, Julian. I don't know if you've been to Chicago, if you've been to New York before for fun. I mean, those are great cities. That the West Coast trip is awesome. But I'm going to say Nashville is is if you've never been to Nashville, it's just it's a cool place to go to a game. It's really easy to get around. That's kind of my the way I actually when I, when I'm just talking about a work trip, like I love going to a city where you can stay in an arena. Uh, sorry, in a hotel that's a close walk to the arena where there's sort of bars and restaurants that are, that are fun and, and, you know, good food. And, but you can walk to those. Everything's logistics become an issue as I'm sure you're seeing, like you have to write so much. You, there's just a lot of demands on you that there's not a lot of time to, to, to squeeze in the fun moments. And I think Nashville, even if you're not normally a big country music fan, which I'm not normally, but when you're there, just like, it's, it, it just feels right. And so that, that would be the, that would be the city vibe. I'd most be looking forward to as you work your way around the league. I really liked how you tackled that question. That was really cool to have it for each. I've never been to any of those cities. I've been to New York. Um, actually, yeah, I've never I've been to New York. Um, I've never been to Nashville, though, uh, and I've never been to Vegas. So hopefully uh, this year I will be able to uh, take in the atmospheres from those respective cities. I would very much enjoy that. Um, from Lotsey, in the spirit of best-looking coaches, Rank the best-looking SDPN hosts. Are you allowed to rank yourself? No, I mean, I, I shouldn't be at the top of that list anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think I might go 
Jesse. There's Blake. one guy. Thank you. That is the the pick. I was like, Jesse Blake is 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 number one, unanimous. Um, Julian, I'll put you number two. Oh, all right, all right. You're in. Try. You're in the mix. You're in the mix. I see. I think I'll go Adam Wild number three. He's got that newlywed glow these days. He does. He's looking great. I guess then it's it's going to be Dangle. Damn. <laughs> Dangle's got that like Damn. You know, father of a toddler chaos thing going on. Like I feel like his life must Damn. Just, like I see him like posting pictures from his new blue room. Like the guy's in the middle of a move. Like he's not in, he's not in the position to you know his looks are a secondary feature to all the chaos in his life right now. Oh, then I'm gonna go God. Alan Walsh, and I'll. Oh, you're gonna rank Alan, okay? And I'm gonna put myself last. Nah, you shouldn't put yourself last. I, I was gonna have you like behind Jesse at least. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll take it, man. But uh, I that that coaching list was crazy. Like it felt like it felt like the coach, like even no, understanding that, of course, looks and and beauty, it's it's totally in the eye of the beholder. It's 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 not a. But it felt like those coaches were just thrown into a randomizer. And the funniest part about it actually was the some of the answers from around the league. Like I loved, like David Quinn said, like Derek Lalonde's number three. <laughs> I, I, he's like, I was like, I know Derek Lalonde. It should start with a three, but there's got to be another number after it. Oh yeah, <laughs> meaning 30, 31, or thirty-two. Um, Bruce Boudreaux had a funny answer. DJ Smith had a funny answer. It was anyway. Look at. We got a. It's a long. It's a long preseason. So that that gave us like three days of content that I appreciated. Uh, last question for you from Zach off of Discord: Does a straw have one or two holes? Two holes. I mean, it's kind of like one big tunnel. It's like one big tunnel. I think it's two holes. Because if it only had one, yeah, at the bottom it or the top, whichever, but it, it would, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a tunnel. Like a tunnel requires two holes, right? I think that's, that makes a lot of common sense to me. Sometimes we get weird questions like that. Well, two holes. that the thing is, is we've had a much weirder question in recent memory. So that, that one, that one didn't even make me flinch, but I'm, I'm pretty confident <laughs> in the two holes answer. You've been, uh, you've been built up to get to this point. Uh, another edition of the CJ show in the books. Uh, thank you all for listening and or watching or however you consume this podcast. Siege, always a pleasure doing these shows with you. We will hey, be back on Thursday with a new episode. Can I ask one question before we go? Of course you can. How are you doing, man? Like you're living in a new city. You got a new job. Like how are, you, how are you hanging in? Like is it is it treating you well out there? It is treating me well out there, man. It's been really fun. It's been really cool being like, like covering an NHL team every day. and just being on my own like a new city and getting to know people like it's been a really fun experience the one thing i think i'm gonna i'm I'm really curious about how i'm gonna handle is like the traveling in between i know i'm not gonna do a whole bunch of traveling but like that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to brace myself for like how am i gonna be when i'm constantly on the go going from like one city then to another and then back like that's what i'm curious about but otherwise i think i've been pretty good my only piece of advice is you got to get sleep when you can, because you're going to be tired perpetually. It's just, it's no, there's no way around it. The games are played at night. The flights happen in the morning. You got to write the next day usually, or do it. Like 
it doesn't ever stop. It's, it's a ton of fun. Like when you're doing it, especially when you're a little younger as you are, when you're doing it for the first time, like you're like, you can't believe someone pays you to do that, that that's your job, but it sleep is hard to come by. So if you get it like an off day, like just sleep till noon, like don't even apologize to anybody. Just you, you got to get your rest in because it, it's a long, long season. Advice I will take to heart. I normally try to do that with sleeping where like I you don't see me before noon on days. I don't have to do anything. But I think especially in this job. Oh, I'm going to do that a lot. I'm going to try to sleep as much as I can. But uh, no, nah, man, it's been really fun so far. It's only been like two weeks since I've really like settled in. But I'm really enjoying the experience so far. It's been really fun. Awesome. And I'll have more stories. I'll have more stories throughout the year. Uh, I know a lot of people are asking like, hey, we want to know what's up and in Calgary. How's that going? Like, there will be more stories throughout the year. I promise. Well, just wait till I come and I find my friend with the edibles. And who knows, oh, who knows where it goes next? Oh, boy. I think we better leave it there before we get ourselves in any more trouble. Big money, CJ. Uh, for CJ, I'm Julian saying so long. And uh, be mindful of what you consume before going to an NHL. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.